Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Patriots Beat Podcast for the week of June 20th, 2016. I'm your host for the week, Michael Longi, and we've got a ton of stuff to talk about this week. A couple bits of news to get to, but we are our main focus this week will be roster breakdowns. So obviously, as we all know, minicamp just ended. We've got about a six-week wait until training camp begins at the end of July. So we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We're going to break down the roster by position group over the next six weeks. We're going to highlight the various areas of the team and the storylines within each position group. So we're going to start this week with the defensive backfield. We're going to talk about the cornerbacks. We're going to talk about the safeties. So a lot of talk about Malcolm Butler, his potential contract situation, things like that. Obviously, defensive stalwarts on the team like Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty. We'll discuss them and their roles as we go forward. We've got some guys on the team, you know, a good mix. We've got guys on the team who we saw bits and pieces of last year, but we're looking to see a little bit more. We've also got brand new guys, you know, a second-round pick in Cyrus Jones that is going to be thrust right into action, and a bunch of undrafted rookies who are going to try to fight to weigh onto the team. So there's plenty of stuff to get to. Uh, we're going to get to a couple bits of news first in, in the Patriots' world outside of the defensive backfield just to get you guys caught up on the most current events with the Patriots. So first things first, uh, the Patriots have signed their third-round pick, uh, quarterback Jacoby Brissett out of North Carolina State. Obviously, as is customary with the New England Patriots, terms of the deal were not disclosed, so we're not really sure what he's making. But generally, the the the, the salaries, excuse me, are slotted for the draft, so he's making whatever he's making. It is kind of a big deal that we, that Brissett was finally signed because, listen, as of right now, Deflategate is still a thing, Tom Brady is still suspended, and it's working through the appeals process now. But the fact of the matter is, is Tom Brady is currently suspended for the first four games of the season, which means Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback, which also means... Now that Jacoby Brissett is signed, he is your backup quarterback. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt in week one, play one, Jacoby Brissett is playing quarterback for the New England Patriots. So it is kind of a big deal that he gets signed, he gets with the program, he was at all of the mini camps and everything like that, so it's not like he was holding out or anything. Uh, it just took a little while to get the deal done. But I mean, look, the kid is pretty good. Um, in college, he was a dual threat guy. Six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds. He, you know, he was originally recruited to go play at Florida, which always has those big, massive, dual threat quarterbacks. You think of Tim Tebow. You know, Cam Newton was originally recruited to play at Florida. Um, this kid was originally recruited to play at Florida. Maybe they have some questionable practices down at Florida because all these quarterbacks are leaving teams to go play in other places. But anyway, the kid is a, a, a good player. Hopefully he's not thrust into action at any point because, you know, that means Jimmy Garoppolo is injured and that means you're having a lot more issues than, than you know, than you would like to have. But he is signed, he's on the team, and that's that. Uh, the other piece of news is a little more significant, I think, if if you look at it in a certain light, and that's uh, Michael Lombardi is leaving the team to to pursue other things and. For those of you who don't know, Michael Lombardi, I mean, I honestly, I couldn't even tell you what he does for the Patriots um, because Belichick basically created this job for Michael Lombardi. He's like a consultant, 
but he's like also, you know, he works. He's got an office at Gillette, or he had an office at Gillette. Uh, he was there regularly. He was always at practice. He was at, you know, training camps, mini camps, things like that. He was one of the few people who was in the Patriots draft room. So, I mean, you know, he's he's helping make serious decisions, you know, what players to take in the draft, things like that. So he's not just a guy who's consulting Belichick on next week's opponent. I mean, he's into team building here. Um, for those of you who don't know who Michael Lombardi is, he, you know, he was the Cleveland Browns general manager back in 2013. He only spent one year there. Uh, before that, he, you know, he was an analyst for NFL Network for several years. He was also, you know, he's been in the NFL since 1984. He was with, let me right here, he was in the uh, San Francisco 49ers personnel department. Then he went to the Browns, which is where he met Bill Belichick in uh, 1991 when he was a director of player personnel. He's also worked for the Eagles, the Raiders, and uh, obviously the Patriots. So, like I said, I mean, if you look at this quote right here from Bill Belichick, this kind of sums it up. Um, I've asked Mike to do some things on an individual basis projects or things that I've asked him to do and he's done a great job of that for me Mike has been a big help to me personally so I mean that's all you're gonna get out of Belichick telling you what exactly Michael Lombardi did for the Patriots but I mean this guy was I mean it's like it's like a couple other areas of the Patriots operations you don't really know what everyone's doing they just kind of do whether it's research, whether it's scouting, whatever it is, I'm sure Lombardi does a little bit of everything because Belichick is that that type of person who wants people who can do a little bit of everything. So uh, it says here in this ESPN.com article that it is believed to be an amicable parting between the two, two parties. Um, no one really knows what Lombardi is going to do. There's speculation that he might go, you know, become a media guy again. Maybe he'll go... Uh, to do operations for another team, who knows? But he is leaving the Patriots, and I mean, it, the the way it's sounding, you know what I mean? I don't because, like I said, I don't pretend to know what exactly Michael Lombardi does for the for the Patriots organization. But from what I've kind of been led to believe, it seems like this isn't necessarily a position that someone else is going to step into and fill. You know what I mean? It's not like he's got a, a another guy, an understudy to. Michael Lombardi, like, you know, Josh McDaniels was an understudy to set offensive coordinator before he became offensive coordinator. It's not like that. It's not like a coaching tree like that. It seems to be like Michael Lombardi was hired specifically for this job. And now that he's not there, there is no more of that job. Maybe, or maybe someone else is going to take it. Who really knows? I'm sure Belichick won't tell us. So <laughs> we'll, we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. But those are your little bits of news. Uh, obviously, like I said, we are counting down to training camp. We've got about six weeks left until training camp starts. Uh, veterans will be report on July 27th. Uh, the first public practice will be July 28th. So like I said, we're about six weeks away as we sit here now on June 20th, or the week of June 20th. So, I mean, look, this team looks really good. At, at, on paper, I should say, on paper, because obviously no one's really running around, no one's wearing pads yet, so we don't know how good this team looks, really. But on paper, this is a, a very solid team. And one of the more solid positions, to be honest, is 
is that cornerback? Is that the in in the defensive backfield? I should say. So, uh, like I said, we're gonna get to the roster breakdowns for for the New England Patriots over the next six weeks. We're gonna start this week with the defensive backfields, which means we're talking cornerbacks and safeties. So, um, this roster breakdown, as is as the rest of the roster breakdowns will be, is brought to you by the always fantastic SeatGeek ticketing app. Um, if you're like me, you get really frustrated trying to buy tickets online, or well, I should say, I if you're like how I used to be, I used to get really frustrated buying trying to buy tickets online. All these sites. You know, throwing huge fees in there, the convenience charge, this, that, whatever at checkout, um, which is why I moved to SeatGeek. It's the it's the the easiest way to buy whatever kind of sports concert tickets you want. Buy them, sell them, whatever. Um, I love SeatGeek. I've used it several times to buy you know Patriots tickets, Celtics tickets, uh, Red Sox tickets. Now that we're in the the heat of summer, um, there's also a lot of outdoor concert tickets and things like that in Boston that you can go and buy there. So, I mean, they really have it all. I have the app on my phone. It's it's great. I mean, you can go. You can look at every single ticket that's available for an event. Um, all the other, It pulls tickets from every other site into one place, so you never miss out on the deals, the lowest prices. Um, you can set alerts for certain events, and you can see if the ticket prices fall. Um, you can also uh, look at the rankings of certain tickets based on their value, so... You can immediately find the seats that are uh, underpriced or, or overpriced or anything like that. So you can also and you can also look at the detailed maps that they have to see. Well, is, is this where I want to sit? If I want to pay this much money to sit here, or if well, I can spend a little bit less and sit in a seat that's not as bad, whatever. Um, so you can do all that different stuff there. And like I said, the number one thing about SeatGeek is is they're honest. They're upfront about the price. They let you know exactly what you're paying. They're not sneaking in all these different huge fees at the checkout line. So all of a sudden you think you're buying $50 tickets and all of a sudden you're paying $75 or whatever. So, I mean, that's for me, that's the best part about the SeatGeek app. Um, and listen, if you guys haven't used the SeatGeek app yet and you're a first-time listener, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase if you just do this. Go ahead and download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click on the add a promo code button, and then enter the promo code CELTICSBEAT, that's C-E-L-T-I-C-S-B-E-A-T, which is all one word, no space in between, CELTICSBEAT with no space, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first purchase. So, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, right? So, like I said... Go ahead, download the free SeatGeek app, and enter the promo code CELTICSBEAT with no space today. Um, So guys, we're going to get right into the roster breakdown. We're talking defensive backfield. So for those of you who don't know the lay of the land right now for the, the, the players on the roster, so this is a list of the defensive backs, the corners and the safeties on this team. So we've got Malcolm Butler, obviously. Cyrus Jones, who is your rookie corner. Cravon LeBlanc, who's another rookie. Logan Ryan, Viangelo Bentley, EJ Biggers, Justin Coleman. Uh, Nate Ebner is technically a d- defensive back. Deron Harmon, Jonathan Jones, Brandon King, Devin McCourty, Jordan Richards, 
Dow Roberts, and Brock Vereen, who happens to be the brother of former Patriot Shane Vereen. So that's the that's the team that we have. That's the defensive backfield as a whole. So now let's look at kind of what what we think of that group. So I'm going to give you guys my thoughts at the end. Once we break down, you know, kind of player by player and take a look at each guy piece by piece and kind of figure out who's going to be on the team and who's not. I'll give you a couple picks for because this this roster battles going on here, especially among the undrafted corners, because it's not like you're going to take all of the undrafted corners that you've that you've signed. So we're going to get I'm going to give you a ranking what I think the Patriots backfield is ranked at at the end of this whole thing. But to start, I'm going to give you a different ranking. I'm going to give you Pro Football Focus. So for those of you who don't know who Pro Football Focus is, it's a website, it's an analytical website who takes a look at kind of the numbers of the game and spits out rankings kind of based on those statistics. So according to Pro Football Focus, the Patriots are ranked, the Patriots corners, specifically the cornerbacks, are ranked fourth in the entire league, fourth best in all of the NFL, second best in the AFC behind the Denver Broncos, and number one in the AFC East. So if you look at the teams ahead of them, you've got the Denver Broncos, who are, the, I believe, the number one team. And that's, you know, fairly obvious. You've got Aqib Tlaib, a very good player, before obviously he shot himself in the leg or was shot in the leg uh, a couple weeks ago. You've got Aqib Tlaib. You've got Chris Harris Jr., a very good player. And there's several other, uh, TJ Ward, if you want to get into the entire defensive backfield. They've got a lot of impact players on their team and a lot of young guys. There's also the Arizona Cardinals, who have Teron Matthew. They have Patrick Peterson. They have guys like that. And the Washington Redskins, which I found interesting, but they did just add Josh Norman to their defensive backfield, so that could have something to do with it as well. And then the Patriots. So, um, the page. I mean, look, the cornerbacks, specifically the cornerbacks, you've got Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, uh, Justin Coleman last year. Um, a lot of you know a, a lot of rookies coming in, so I mean it's a very young core that you've got in the defensive backfield, which is a good thing I think personally. But it's also a very inexperienced core. So for all this talk, like okay, yeah, I mean obviously Malcolm Butler was fourth most passes defended last year, was a Pro Bowler. Uh, Logan Ryan had a very underrated year last year, seventy-eight point eight passer rating against him last year so really good year for him and you know it's not saying much that they're ahead of a lot of their guys in their in their division I mean they're only one spot ahead of the Bills the Bills had the fifth best defensive backfield in the NFL according to this list Uh, the Jets are 18th and the Dolphins are almost dead last at 31st so that's that but I mean look let's let's delve a little deeper let's look at each guy individually and let's kind of figure out what we're looking at here. So I'm going to actually start at safety instead of corner and take a look at Patrick Chung. So Patrick Chung, obviously this is his second go around with the Patriots. So, you know, the first time around, man, we a lot of people weren't necessarily that high on him the first time around. So, you know, he left, he went over, he went to play in Philadelphia for a couple years and 
that was that. And then he comes back in 2014, and he has been really good since he since he's come back. Um, he played 83% of the snaps last year, which was fifth highest on the entire team. Um, he played a lot of special team snaps. He played almost 50% of the special team snaps for the team last year. So, I mean, he's really on the field almost all the time. And he's been great. He's been a tackling machine. He's moved up into the box when you needed him. He's kind of been like that that small linebacker slash big corner. Um, he can come up and stop the run. He's really kind of savvy with run stopping. He can find the holes and he can make a lot of tackles. He's in on almost every play, which is something that you couldn't necessarily say about him in his first go-around with the Patriots. Whereas now he's really got kind of gotten his feet under him. He's got a nose for the ball and a nose for making tackles. And so that's that's all well and good. But then what really stood out to me last season in particular was his coverage ability. He's really come a long way in coverage. I remember the first in the first go around, I used to yell it out out loud at the TV like Patrick Chung, Patrick Chung got burned again. He used to get, guys just used to run past him. Because, I mean, he's not necessarily the fastest guy out there. But he's he's figured something out. Because he's he's gone up and covered tight ends as a, you know, a 5'11", 200 and something pound safety. He's covered the big tight ends. He's covered running backs, the quick shifty running back out of the backfield. He's even covered slot receivers. Remember when he covered, uh, what was it, T.Y. Hilton? And he basically shut T.Y. Hilton down as, as a safety? I mean, it, he, he's done a little bit of everything. So he's shown me a lot. And, you know, he's 28 right now. He'll be 29 during the season when the season starts. And, look, he is your starting strong safety. He's the starting safety next to De- Devin McCourty. And while, you know... Maybe at the beginning of last year, I wasn't exactly enthused about that. This year, I'm completely enthused about that. I'm loving me some Patrick Chung. I'm loving the fact that he is back with this team. He's he's gotten his feet underneath him. I mean, let's not forget, he was a second-round pick back in what was it, 2000? Well, by now, it would have been 2008, 2009. He was a second-round pick. He was a guy who had a lot of you know expectations on his shoulders. And maybe that was why he didn't perform as well in his first go-around with New England. But maybe it was when he went to Philly, got a change of scenery, kind of found himself. Because ever since he's come back to the Patriots, he has been an, an integral part of this team. And he will be this year as well. I mean, like I said, he's only 28. He's going to be uh, with this team for the next few years. He contributes not only on defense, but also on special teams. And... I mean, he's one of those guys that, like I said, he's, he's another Belichick type of guy. He can do a little bit of everything. He can cover. He can defend the run. He can play on special teams. He can do a little bit of everything. And I'm just really happy that he's here. I'll be honest with you. He's, like, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the guys who was not a Patrick Chung guy. When he came back, I was like, oh, well, why, the, I mean, why are they bringing back Patrick Chung? What is the... I mean, he was a disaster the first time around. Why are they bringing him back? 
Now they bring him back, and you see why. And then Belichick obviously saw something in him. So, um, so I obviously mentioned on the other side, he's he's uh, Patrick Chung is one starting safety, and the other is Devin McCourty. He is obviously the fixture in the Patriots' backfield, has been for the past several years. Started off as a corner, moved to safety, is now a safety, has a nice hefty contract. It's all well and good. Also 28 years old, been in the league for six years, and look, he's the guy who is, the best word for him is a fixture. He is the guy back there. He is the leader back there. Um in the in the workroom he's the leader you know mentally he's the leader physically he played in 16 of the 18 games last year sprained his ankle and missed a couple games but you know he was out there almost every game played over 86 percent of the team's snaps the defensive snaps and I mean look didn't have the greatest statistical year last year it wasn't like he was you know remember the year when he he led the league in interceptions as a corner and things like that, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't flying all over the place and doing things like that. But, I mean, he had a Pro Bowl caliber season technically. Not statistically, but practically he had a Pro Bowl caliber season. He had a really good year, as he usually does. Um, look, he's he's the team, one of the team captains, defensive captain. He's the guy that you want leading your defensive backfield you know if you ever hear him in the in the interviews or on tv or anything like that i mean he's very even keeled he's very mild-mannered seems to be a very you know kind of analytical guy and that's the kind of guy that you need out there he stands back there he can play the center field role really well he can also get up and stop the run he can do a lot of different things and like i said you can't overlook his leadership to this defense as a whole. Not a, not even just the defensive backfield, but the defense as a whole. So, I mean, he puts everybody in the right place out there. So, And the third guy that you want to look at is Deron Harmon. Now, Deron Harmon is your guy. He's your third safety, technically. But he's, he's also been... They've run... Pack, they have packages where he's out on the field with both Chung and uh, Devin McCourty. So it's like a, a, a smaller nickel type of situation, or maybe a big nickel. I guess you would consider it a big nickel because Chung would be like the third corner, and then you have Harmon playing center field type issue, and then Devin McCourty on the other side playing safety. So he's been a he had a really good year last year too, an underrated year. A year where, you know, he obviously didn't see too much of the field because you had a very durable Devin McCourty and a very durable Patrick Chung playing in front of him. But, like I said, in his time out there, he was really good. I mean, he played about half the snaps. About half. A little over 50% of the snaps. Played a lot of special team snaps as well. And, you know, look did what he had to do. He was his his job is to be that center fielder type guy, right? That's his job. So and he did that really well last year. I'm looking right here. Um there were 11 passes thrown in his direction 
down the field. Um, only four of them were completed for a total of 69 yards. He did have two touchdowns scored against him, but he intercepted three passes, and he broke up three passes. And uh, against it was a 58.5 uh, passer rating against him. So, which uh, as I'm looking, I'm looking on uh, patspulpit.com is kind of a an overview of him, and it says that which was best among New England's regularly used defensive backs. Now I'm not sure if he's he was regularly used, quote unquote, but look fi- over a little over 50 percent of the snaps. I guess you can say regularly used, but. I mean, he's got a lot to prove this year. He's coming up on the last year of his deal, which is kind of important because there are a couple of guys behind him. Uh, Jordan Richards, who was also a second-round pick as a safety out of Stanford last year, didn't see the field, really. And probably not going to see the field this year unless there's, you know, injuries or whatever. But there are teams that, I mean, there are a lot of players kind of backlogged behind him and if he's coming up on the last year of his deal and he doesn't have a good year, I mean, there are guys who can replace him. I mean, as I was looking through, obviously, I'm looking through doing the research to work on this defensive backs uh, episode here. The, the Patriots have a lot of safeties. They have a lot of safeties on the team. I mean, we're not even, I mean, Brandon King is a safety. Guys like that. A lot of safeties. Only two real spots on the field at once, and then, you know, the third safety is a pretty pretty important spot as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, Deron Harmon, whether he, whether or not he can hold on to that third safety spot, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, that's the safety group right there. Well, the starting safety group. We also have guys like Brandon King, Jordan Richards, like I mentioned, uh, Jordan Richards, like I mentioned, but we'll talk about them in a bit. Looking at the guys who are starting, the guys who are contributing regularly, we use that regularly used defensive backs. Um, now we'll look at the corners. Obviously, you've got the tandem of Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, which I I was not a huge fan of coming into last year. But again, like Patrick Chung, my mind was changed. Um, Malcolm Butler obviously had a great year, Pro Bowl year. And, I mean, what more could you ask for? He was the Super Bowl hero and then came in 2015 and had to replace Darrell Revis, the biggest shoes you could possibly have to fill. And then he filled them, made the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, only onward and upward from here. He didn't have a lot of interceptions. He only had, um, I think, two or three during the whole season, but he only allowed 55% completions in his direction. Um, broke up 17 passes last year. I mean, you there was a lot of times when you would see him just jump all out, go after a ball, diving, leaping after balls and just swatting them away. So it's not like he wasn't getting picks and he was getting burned or anything like that. He was just he was just smacking the ball away. He wasn't going for the pick. He was just smacking it away. But that being said, he had a fantastic year and a lot was made 
over the past couple weeks of his not showing up to the mini camps of the first few days. And people were saying, oh, he wants a contract, he's looking for a contract, things like that. And while I don't doubt that he would very much like a contract, because what NFL player wouldn't want a nice, hefty, guaranteed contract, or as guaranteed as they can get it with some guaranteed money, who wouldn't want that as an NFL player? But the fact of the matter is this. Malcolm Butler was an undrafted free agent rookie out of West Alabama University. There is no way he's getting paid before it's time for him to get paid. Now, that, and that, that might sound cruel, that might sound insensitive, whatever. There is no way Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to pay B- Malcolm Butler some huge cornerback salary. They might not ever pay him that huge cornerback salary. They might not ever do it. But they're definitely not going to give it to him when he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of next year. So, I mean, at the end of this year, you still got him. And then the end of next year, he'll be a restricted free agent. And then the end of... So that means you can match any offer. And then at the end of the year after that, if he lasts that long, he'll be an undrafted... I mean, an unrestricted free agent. And then maybe he can go get his money. Or maybe the Patriots hook him up with a deal, maybe two or three years, a little extension. But that won't come until next year. There are guys who need to get paid before Malcolm Butler gets paid, right? I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, they they traded away Chandler Jones because they needed to free up some room to pay Dante Hightower and Jamie Collins and guys like that. You know what I mean? They just signed uh, Chris Hogan, the wide receiver, to a fairly sizable contract and things like that. So Martellus Bennett, who's only signed to a one-year deal, but... You understand what I'm saying. They signed a lot of guys. And, you know, there's guys in line ahead of Malcolm Butler. So, while I don't... I do believe that he will get his money. I think the Patriots will extend him. They'll probably give him a two, maybe a three-year extension. But they'll give him to him next summer. Not this summer. They're going to give it to him the summer that he is a restricted free agent. Not the summer before that. Not before they have to. You know what I mean? So um, that's that. I mean, he showed up to camp. He came. He's practicing. He's there. He's with the team. He's making things happen. He's going to be your number one corner again this year. So get used to it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not. I'm really not worried about it. It's not like I'm thinking, oh, my God, I got to go pay Malcolm Butler now. I mean, it's not. that's not what we're worried about here. I'm more worried about Dante Hightower getting paid. I'm more worried about Jamie Collins getting paid. Then we'll look at... Because, look, now you don't have Chandler Jones, so you don't have to pay Chandler Jones. Maybe now that third contract that you're going to give out, maybe it goes to Malcolm Butler. Who knows? I mean, in an entirely unrelated matter, the 2017... uh, Summer of 2017 cap situation thing, contract situation thing, that's going to be a whole lot of interesting to cover. I mean... You've got, like, uh, Edelman's contract, I believe, is going to be coming up. The uh, Gronk's cap hit is going to skyrocket in 2017, so you might have to rework that deal, and he's going to want a ton of money. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that are going to be going on contract situation-wise for the Patriots over the next few years. I really don't want to be filling thoughts of Malcolm Butler not coming back in my head already. So let's let's put the brakes on that one right there. But, um, look, he's going to be there. He's Like I said, he's going to be your number one corner. And on the other side of him is going to be Logan Ryan, who is a guy that if you've listened to me, I mean, I've been podcasting for almost a year now, almost a full year. I've been writing for a couple of years longer than that. So if you've ever read or heard any of my stuff before, you know that I really have never been a huge fan of Logan Ryan, who now this will be his uh, fourth season coming into the league. He's 25 years old. And at first, it, it must have been the youth thing, because maybe I couldn't put it into context before, but it must be the youth thing. This is a guy who I believe was also a second-round pick. He was a third-round pick at worst, I think. A third, fourth, maybe. But I'm pretty sure he was a second-round pick. Young kid. He was 21 when he came into the league, and he was not good. I was never a huge fan. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like last year, because last year, let's not forget, Last year, we were really, really, really uncertain about the Patriots' defensive backfield or the cornerback situation last year. Let's flash back to last summer, this time last year. Darrell Rivas had left in free agency. Brandon Browner had left in free agency. Your, your starting corners are gone. You don't know what's going to happen. You figure, okay, well, Malcolm Butler is jumping into the spot. He's going to be your number one guy. That's, that's scary enough then who's going to be your number two guy? Oh, well, last year at this time, we didn't know. We thought it was going to be, it could have been Logan Ryan, who had like the most experience on the team at that time. Um, it could have been, there was a couple other guys. Remember you brought in a couple un, a couple of veteran free agents who ended up getting a Terrell Brown was one of the guys who you brought in. Um, Sean Springs was the guy you brought, you know what I mean? Like, Guys, guys, you're just like, who? Out of nowhere, guys. Like, And then Logan Ryan stepped right in, won the number two job. It took him a couple weeks during the season to before he solidified that number two cornerback spot. But once he solidified it, I remember last I did the Patriots postgame show last year for, for CLNS Radio, and I remember it almost after every game. Or every other game, it seemed like, saying, wow, I mean, Logan Ryan made another great play today. Wow, man, Logan Ryan, he he shut down this guy over here, and, and he played great. I mean, I, I said it, I swear, it was either every week or every other week, at least. I was going on and on about Logan Ryan. He had what I would term a breakout year last year. And I think it was an underrated year because everyone was focused on Malcolm Butler, uh, the Super Bowl hero, who is now a pro bowler, like, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the blossoming of a potential superstar, right? Undrafted. The story was just too good to ignore. And Logan Ryan kind of got pushed to the back of the, of the pile. Well, uh, you know what I mean? Or the bottom of the barrel or something like that. You know what I mean? So, but look, I think he had a really, really, really good year last year. And at 25 years old, he could only get better, right? I mean, these guys, all of these guys, Malcolm Butler, 26, Logan Ryan, 25, Dow Roberts, who we're going to talk about in a second, 25, 
Uh, Justin Coleman, 23. Cyrus Jones, 22. I mean, these guys are not even entering their physical primes yet. Or just entering the physical primes, right? That that window, that 25, 26 to about 28, 29 window, that 3-4 that season window where, where most players are at their physical best. All of your defensive backs are entering that, that period at pretty much at the same time. Your oldest corner is Malcolm Butler at 26. Your oldest safety is Devin McCourty at 29. I mean, you're looking pretty good, all things considered. And look, I, I mean, Logan Ryan wasn't a pro bowler last year. He wasn't that good, but he was close. I mean, the guys went after him because they weren't necessarily targeting Butler as uh, some quarterbacks. I should say this. Some quarterbacks did target Butler. They wanted to throw at him, which is a big reason for the 17 pass breakups. But for the most part, guys were throwing at the other side of the field. They were throwing at Logan Ryan. I think he got the lion's share of the work as a cornerback, right? Because there were times when players would put their best receiver on, they would kind of try to line him up with Logan Ryan. So Ryan would have to cover the best receiver on the field a couple times. I remember he covered, um, what's his name, Uh, Demarius Thomas last year. I remember he had to cover tight ends last year. He had to cover Jimmy Graham. But you know what I mean, guys like that. So he did a lot of a lot of good things. He had four interceptions last year, which led the team. Um, Ten pass breakups. You know what I mean. He was a guy who he's uh, he's gonna be your your number two corner. He's uh, solidified that spot. And like I said about uh, Patrick Chung, like I said about Deron Harmon. You know, while I wasn't necessarily on board with it last summer. This summer, coming into this year, I'm really liking what we're, we're, what we're looking at for the starters. So we're looking at Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung at safety, Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler at corner. That's a very, that's a, that's three potential pro bowlers. And I mean, look, if they all have great years, I mean, four potential pro bowl players at starting in the backfield. That's as good of a defensive backfield as any in the league. I will put that up. Those four guys starting, I will put up against anybody in the league. I will put them up against anybody. Now we got to move on to the perimeter guys. The guys who were kind of on the outside looking in. The guys who were battling for roster spots. The guys who were battling for playing time. So, if we look at this... Um, Justin Coleman was your your nickel corner for the majority of last season. Now, some of this was injuries because he was a rookie last year. He was only, you know he was an undrafted free agent. He signed with the Vikings, went to their training camp, then he was released, and the Patriots picked him up, and then they released him, and he you know went to a couple other teams, and then he came back. He was all over the place. But when he was finally back on the team, uh, they threw him in the slot uh, for the most part. And he played 12 games. He did get hurt. He, he like broke his hand or something like that. And he missed a ton of time, like six games. And then he missed playoff time as well. So, But he did appear in 12 games and played 
you know, 30-something percent of the snaps. He he played pretty well. He's a bigger guy. He's 5'11", 190, but he's rangy. He's got long arms. He's a, you know, bigger guy, more built guy. Um, look, he's a guy who's really going to need to show something extra in order to make the team because he's not a roster lock. He's not. Because, like, we're going to talk about Cyrus Jones uh, shortly. I mean, he's your second-round pick at corner, and he's going to be your slot corner, in my opinion. So we're going to talk about him in a second, but that means there's going to be three, four, five guys battling for the number four corner spot, like the dime corner. Like, that's what you're, you know, that's what these guys are going to be battling for, which, as a fan, if you look at it, you say, wow, that's that's great because it's it shows the depth of the defensive backfield. As a player, you might not necessarily be too happy about it. But this is going to be, I mean, look, he's only, this kid is only 23 years old, Justin Coleman. He's a, he, he was a, a little bit of a surprise last year, you know, he, he broke up a decent amount of passes. I wasn't all. I wasn't necessarily too impressed with him, but if the, if you look at the numbers and you know you go back and you look at things, you say, okay, well he did play pretty well out there. He did get burned a few times, gave up a couple touchdowns, but you know what, twenty-two year old player won't, right? So with another year under his belt, I mean he's like he's your third most experienced corner on the team right now. You know what I mean? At, with the Patriots, because you've got a couple of, of veterans, EJ Biggers, uh, guys like that, but he's got the most playing time with the Patriots in the scheme. The third most behind Butler and Ryan, right? So he might have a leg up there, but he won't have a leg up on on Cyrus Jones. Cyrus Jones is going to be your guy at, at, at the slot corner. Um, and look, I don't think that, like I said, Justin Coleman, he's not, he's not a roster lock. And I think the main reason that he's not a roster lock is the next guy we're going to talk about, uh, Daryl Roberts. So Daryl Roberts, this is a kid, maybe he's 25 years old, one year of experience, technically. He's been in the league for one year, but this is what happened. The Patriots drafted him in the seventh round last year out of Marshall. He came in, had a had a great camp, a great camp, showed off his athleticism, showed off that competitive fire, showed off the, you know, ball skills, he could make interceptions, he could do all these things, force fumbles. Really, really fast player. You know what I mean? Quickness, everything you need in like a slot corner or even a number two corner. People were looking at him like, wow, because this was before Logan Ryan had you know, broken under the scene kind of thing. People were saying, oh, maybe he could be your number two corner. You know what I mean? Things like that. Unfortunately, he injured his wrist in the first preseason game and ended up on injured reserve. So you didn't get to see him at all. He's been in the locker room. You know what I mean? He's been watching the tape. He's been doing all that stuff. So he's been with the team. He's been in the meetings. You know, he just hasn't been able to actually apply his knowledge on the field yet. 
But from everything you hear about the kid, I mean, extremely competitive, very, very good athleticism, good speed, good quickness, good ball skills. I mean, who does that sound like to you? That sounds like Malcolm Butler to me, right? Really competitive, really athletic, you know, really confident guy. He just didn't get, I mean, Roberts just didn't get to show it because he hurt his wrist. So I think he's the guy who's going to jump up out of nowhere and snag that that fourth cornerback spot. I think he's going to be the guy to do it. So we'll see on that, but I do I do think he's going to have it. I mean, look, if he has a good camp again this year, I think the spot is his because while Justin Coleman showed a pretty decent amount last year, he wasn't drafted by the Patriots. You know what I mean? The Patriots didn't... He, the Patriots went out and drafted Dow Roberts because they they wanted him on the team. He just happened to get hurt. I think Justin Coleman was more of a, we kind of need this. I mean, they signed him for good on September 9th, which is after Dow Roberts was you know placed on injured reserve and everything. So whether the two are in conjunction or not, I'm not sure. But one can go ahead and believe that if they want, I guess. Um, but... Let's move on to a guy who I do want to talk about. This is a guy who I'm very excited about. I'm very excited about him. And that's Cyrus Jones. You're a second-round pick, rookie, coming into the league, going to be the slot corner. They handed him number 24. If you're a Patriots fan, you know the significance of number 24. One of my favorite Patriots of all time, Ty Law, number 24. Darrell Rivas in his one season with the Patriots. Number 24. I mean, he's got a lot to live up to with just those two names. But he's confident. He's ready. I mean, he played at Alabama under Nick Saban, who is a you know pro-style defense. He's a Bill Belichick confidant. Belichick trusts him, and Belichick drafts his players. And, you know, that goes a long way for him. It goes a long way for me, right? Great corner, you know, had 37 tackles. He can get into the backfield. He had four tackles for loss at Alabama last year. You know what I mean? All that stuff. But then on top of that, he's also a dynamite return guy. You know, he returned both a punt and a kick for a touchdown last year. Um, He returned four punts for touchdowns as a total last year, which led the NCAA. I mean, he's he's got all the makings of your like. If you want, you you go ahead and draft a rookie cornerback, and you want him to contribute right away. This is like the exact guy you would want to get, a guy who can absolutely contribute right away on special teams, in the punt return game. Now you don't have to throw Julian Edelman out there. Now you don't have to throw uh, Danny Amendola out there. You don't have to throw Dion Lewis out there. You don't have to throw anybody like that on the punt returns. You could throw out the rookie who led the NCAA in punt return touchdowns last year. And then not only that, he will contribute on the defensive side of the ball. He'll be your slot corner. They don't just give the number 24 to a rookie if they don't think he's going to play and be out there representing that number. That might sound silly, but I I truly believe that. I truly believe that they gave him number 24 for a reason. They think he's going to seriously contribute to this team so 
Uh, we'll see there. But I mean, look at all the all the intangibles that you look at, whether it's, um, you know, what Nick Saban says about him, his you know his knowledge, his ability. I mean, the kid, the kid also let's not forget he played offense for the first two years at Alabama, 2011-2012. He played offense. And then 2013, 2014, I mean, I'm sorry, 2012, 2013, he played offense. And then in 2014, moved to the cornerback spot. He was a wide receiver and then moved to cornerback and pl- was one of the best cornerbacks in college football for the last two seasons. And then gets drafted in the second round. So, I mean, look, he's the, the Patriots' highest draft pick this year, obviously, because of the deflate gate, uh, no first-round pick. He's There's going to be a lot expected of him. Whether it's the number twenty-four, whether it's the you know the high draft pick that they used on him, he's gonna be a guy that the microscope is on this year. And I personally, I mean, I think he's gonna shine. I I watched a lot of college football. I watched him play last year. He's a really really good player. And even if he's just contributing on special teams, that's gonna help so much. To not have to put Edelman out there. To not have to put Amendola out there. Both of whom were coming off surgeries. Right? So, um, I think that's a great... I think it was a, I thought it was a great draft pick at the time. And I think it's going to be a, a... I think he's going to be a great player this year. 22 years old. He's going to be out there for you. So, and uh, now as we wrap up the, the roster breakdown show here, the last... 10 or so minutes we've got, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we're going to look at the guys that are going to be on the outside looking in. These are guys who are going to probably only make the team as special teams contributors or uh, like the fifth cornerback maybe at best type of guys, right? Then again, that was where Malcolm Butler was a couple years ago and look where he is now. So you never know, but Guys like uh, Cravon LeBlanc, who is an undrafted player. Uh, he played at Florida Atlantic. Um, you know, he had a, he had great years there. He was the defensive MVP there. He was an all-conference player at Florida Atlantic. Um, pretty good def- uh, special teams player as well. But, you know, the reason why he went draft well, one of the reasons why he went undrafted was uh, he ran a 4 6 5 40 which for those of you who are up on uh, the scouting numbers and all that stuff, I mean, you don't want a corner who runs a 4-6 because you've got wide receivers out there running 4-3s and 4-4s. You can't have a corner running next to him running a 4-6. The guy will be by him in two seconds. You know what I mean? Less than two seconds. So, so he, I mean, he's a guy who will probably be a fringe roster body slash special teams contributor, right? And same thing with uh, Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones, I think, might have a little bit of a better opportunity to make the team for for a couple reasons. Number one, he ran like a, like I said, I mean, he ran like a 4-3-40. He ran, he was, he's really fast. Um, he did sign the the highest the biggest contract among all of the undrafted players that the Patriots signed, he signed the the biggest deal. Right, so I mean, say what you will, he did sign the biggest deal. 
Um, and he's looked good during OTAs. Everything that's come out of OTAs and mini camps and everything like that said, I mean, the kid is fast. The kid is competitive. And, I mean, he played at Auburn. He was on the national championship team at Auburn. He's a guy who, I mean, I, if, I'm pretty sure it's him. The guy who uh, returned the kick. The kicker around the world. Remember the uh, the Alabama kick to Auburn with like two seconds left in the game. He returned at 109 yards for touchdown. I'm almost, I'm pretty sure that was Jonathan Jones. But I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure that was the first time I ever heard his name was when that happened. Anyway, um, a lot of people consider him to be one of the most physically gifted players on the entire team. And, you know... Look, that's probably as good a chance as any of him making the team. I think he'll be. I think he'll make the team as a special teams contributor. He could be the guy returning kicks for you or returning punts for you, even ahead of Cyrus Jones, because he's definitely faster than Cyrus Jones. And I'm not sure if he's you know as adept at kick returning as as Jones is, but he's a guy who I see making the team as as a special teams player. Um, and then Viangelo Bentley is the last one. He's a guy who also almost strictly a special teams guy in college. He, he's, he's a guy who, if he makes the team will be returning kicks. He will not see defensive snaps. I don't think he's, you know, one of the best for kick turners in the big 10. He played at Illinois and I mean, that's about. What he is, a seven, 743 return yards. He was an honorable mention for all Big Ten last year. I mean, he's. I, eh, I don't necessarily see him making the team, I'll be honest with you. Because, like, look at, I mean, the, the last three guys I mentioned, all of them, what did I say? Athletic, competitive, pretty good on special teams. Okay, well, that's three guys, right? You only need one of them, right? You only need one of those guys, if any. So, which one are you going to pick? I'm not necessarily sure it's going to be the 5'9 corner out of Illinois who probably won't make an impact on the defensive side of the ball, right? So, uh, before I get out of here, one guy who I didn't mention uh, that is new to the team this year but is not a rookie is free safety Brock Vereen, who, yes, is the brother of Shane Vereen, former New England Patriot, and... I mean, there's a lot of promise with him. He's, you know, he's 23 years old. He's only been in the league for two years. He was a fourth-round pick by the Chicago Bears in uh, 2014. Played a really good rookie year. But then Chicago blew up their franchise and, you know, hired a new coach and all that stuff. And then uh, the coaching staff decided, well, we don't necessarily need this guy, and they released him. Uh, he went a signed with the Vikings practice squad, spent some time there. So Vikings released him, and then the Patriots signed him, and uh, then signed him to a futures contract. So, I mean, this this is a guy who will be. He looks to me kind of like, from what I've read about him at least, a Patrick Chung type. He's you know pretty big, five eleven, two hundred pounds. A uh, stocky type of guy, good tackler. He can play safety, can play a nickel corner type in, obviously, 
can play on special teams, right? So, I mean, look. I don't know if he's going to make the team because, look, we've we've mentioned all the, all the safeties that you've got. But as a depth piece, as a guy who could potentially be a pa- in a Patrick Chung role if Patrick Chung were to get hurt, uh, this would probably be the guy for that, if any guy. So, um, so there's your there's your roster. We obviously we didn't mention guys like Jordan Richards who didn't play last year really. Uh, Brandon King who did not see much time last year. Guys like that. Um, those are going to be roster bodies, if anything, coming up this year. But potentially practice squad players. But look, as a whole, I told you I was going to give you guys my ranking of this of this defensive backfield. At the end of the show here, we have come up on the end of the show. And I'm feeling really good about this, guys. I'm thinking I'm thinking A minus. I was leaning on B plus coming into this. Coming into the show, I was thinking B plus. I have it written down in my notes here. Uh grade, B plus. Because there's a lot of unproven guys on this team. Cyrus Jones, Justin Coleman, Daryl Roberts, uh, you know. And then all the undrafted rookies, you know, all these guys. There's a lot of unknowns there. But then I also said, I'll take Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty, Malcolm Butler, and Logan Ryan as a starting foursome in the defensive backfield, and I'll put them against anybody in the league. So I almost kind of talked myself into it, but I'm thinking A minus. A minus for for the Patriots in in the defensive backfield. I think this is going to be a really good year for these guys. Really good year. Um, and with that, that concludes our uh, our roster bra- our first week of roster breakdowns. Uh, join us again next week when we will highlight another position group for you guys, and we will do that subsequently over the next six weeks. Um, until then, guys, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Patriots underscore Beat. You can also follow my personal account if you'd like at M underscore Alonji. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to be here next week. I'll be here uh, in a couple weeks. Next time you guys will hear from me will be uh, the July 4th weekend. But until then, guys, be sure to enjoy. Keep up on your Patriots news. Uh, enjoy the long, arduous wait until training camp at the end of July. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week.